You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with an array of thinkers, from faith leaders to academics to artists, to explore deep questions of meaning, questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us on our journey this evening, we're very honoured to welcome Michael Robertson, President of Feeding Santa Fe, and also a part of the social justice team at St. Bede's Episcopal Church in Santa Fe. Michael, welcome. Thank you. So tell us first of all about Feeding Santa Fe. Feeding Santa Fe has been around over 20 years, and basically it was started by First Pres giving out sandwiches. And it has grown as has the um, food insecurity issue. I think today, 26% of the youth in Santa Fe County are food insecure, 19 to 20% of the adults. And food insecurity for everybody is at one time during the day, someone is not sure where their next meal is coming from. So for us, meeting that need is really what we have tried to do. And for example, this past quarter, we gave out almost 8,000 bags of food. Every bag has a dozen eggs. And we also gave out a, almost 20,000 pounds of produce. So every Thursday morning, people drive through between 6 and 9 in the morning. And we do not ask any questions. We don't ask for driver's license. We don't ask for income. The reality is when people come through, they have a need. They know we're available. And that's what we do. We're probably one of the few uh, food services or delivery um, food pantry is really what we're called, um, that really does not collect a whole lot of personal information. Uh, we have been able to do that, and for us, protein is the most important thing. So eggs are always on the deal, regardless of the cost. And so we've been very lucky to have partners like Smith's, and now we're working with um, Sprouts uh, to deliver eggs to our uh, facility. And so that's what we've been doing, and people come. This is, I mean, it's a remarkable thing that you're doing. Um, I, I, I'm, there's two emotions that, that wash over me as I hear this. One is really wonder at the enormity of the operation uh, of what you do. And the other is outrage at, I mean, when you're saying 20% of adults, and you said 26% of, so, I mean, what we're talking about here is one in four youth, and one in five adults in Santa Fe are food insecure. They don't know where their next meal is Correct. coming from. That's outrageous. It is. Why are we not talking about this? Why is this not a huge conversation in Santa Fe? That's, I mean, if we just stop and look at the street and look and we see four people statistically, or five people if we're looking at adults, Statistically, one of them doesn't know where their meal, next meal is coming from. Correct. That's outrageous. How, how have we got to a situation like this, especially how are we not talking about this so much more openly? Well, there is the Food Policy Council that works with it. Food Depot is the leader in, in collecting food and distributing. We receive food from Food Depot, which is a great organization. And actually what we do, we also share with other – like Pete's Place. Uh, they had 
six boxes of celery they didn't know what to do with so i went and picked it up the community farm reunity is actually a wonderful facility that has been giving us food and tremendous but but the question of why people don't want to deal with it uh, it's kind of like if i've got mine i'm okay and out of sight out of mind you you see them but you don't really deal with it it's just it's not in your universe you know you can drive by people uh I guess in L.A. and San Francisco, they can step over people right. and kind of like, well, that's their problem. And, and we don't do anything about it. I mean, it is terribly frustrating. And now we're going to cut back on the potentially the SNAP benefits for families, which means potentially even more um, need uh, in the community. But I, I've been a resident of Santa Fe only five years. I thought we were different. I mean, I, I understand – it's meant to be the city difference. It's We're meant all to be, different, right? Yeah. But but but, and I understand that there is a a, a large socioeconomic divide in Santa Fe. Um, but how I I thought that we were better than this. Well, I think that's why you have so many organizations like, like Feeding Santa Fe that basically saw the need and they're doing something about it. That kind of happens with any kind of social justice program. People see a need, they respond to it. And I think that's what we've done and as well, all the other programs out there that are trying to do the same thing. But no, it is crazy when you think about it. But I remember talking to my dentist, telling him these numbers, and he goes, guy, I can't see that. And I said, well, you don't drive there. You You don't meet them. I mean, if you meet the folks that we give the bags to, they're wonderful. I mean, I sometimes I'll go to the doctor's office and I said, doing, I tell everybody about Feeding Santa Fe. And one of the nurses said, oh, I was using it when I was going through school. It helped me get through those. And, and that's really what we're for. We're not necessarily a, a complete meal every right. day for somebody. It's basically helping them get through that week where there are, they're, you know, not enough food on the table. I mean, we, we got a call yesterday from a group. Um, United Way has visitors of women, uh, mothers, new mothers. And one of the visitors called and said, hey, Michael, I need a couple bags for one of our moms or Reading Quest, which is a great program in town. And we did a kind of a questionnaire and one of the children said, oh, wow, now we have food in the house. To think a child, that, that right. was his first response. Right. It's just... To me, it's mind-boggling. Well, it, it's maddening for me. Oh, it is. Um, and uh, I think you're right. You're very generous. You're right that there is a lot of people who step uh, step in and help. But we're not talking about this on a larger scale, are no, we? This no. isn't this isn't awareness raising in Santa Fe. No, it's just dealing with the issue. I mean, the co- we don't deal with the cause of most anything here. We basically react to something. And so if people are hungry, you know, fortunately, it was started by a church, which tends to be the tenant of a church anyways, to right. serve the poor. Right. And so that's what we do. I mean, I do it via St. Bede's and a variety of other people have done it through their churches. And that's what we do. Certainly, uh, when, when people, every once in a while online, people, I see people critique faith communities and they're just here to take money from people and just to provide you know false comfort for people and when they do terrible things and i always i almost have this stock answer now about no do you see what faith communities do when they step up and they help you know set up pete's place set up you know um the feeding santa fe set up all these organizations because that's what we do it's religion is is actually living the values that we exactly that we hold so let me ask when you when you distribute this food, you said you give out these grocery bags, you don't charge anything, you don't keep information and so on. The cynic would ask, how do you know if they need it? So how would you respond? Because I, th- I think 
what you're doing is making a really important statement. You know, how do you know that people aren't taking advantage of this? One could assume that people are. Some are possibly are. But that really isn't why we're there. We're there basically to serve people. And if you're willing to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, I'm there at 5, and so are our other volunteers. We're an all-volunteer organization. And so we do what needs to happen you know, to help people through that day. The seniors, we know that seniors, are, more than a third of our families or, or individuals that receive bags of food are seniors. Wow. And we know seniors that are on fixed incomes. Right. That that's, you can't live on a Social Security benefit. And if that's all you have – yeah, you can say, yeah, we should have done better. But you know what? He didn't so, or she didn't. That's really not the issue. The issue is they're hungry. Are you going to take food away from them or not give them food? I, that makes no sense to me. That's not our, our role. That's not what we're about. There's, there seems to be an underlying belief in what you do in the goodness of humanity. You seem to be assuming people who come to us need this. Sure. I think that's an important thing to say. I think it's important to be able to say not just that you are acting, uh, doing good, um, but actually believing in the goodness of people. And, and I think there's a sort of – to me, it sounds like there's a, there's a very positive underlying message of Feeding Santa Fe. Pretty much everybody is there. I mean, they're, they're all from – I mean, we've had Buddhists. We've had Catholics. We've had Episcopalians. We've had Baptists. I mean, we don't – talk about what their religion is we just basically if you're willing to come and volunteer and you want to and some are quote-unquote non-believers that's really not the point they want to be there helping their families in their community and, and making a difference and we do and let me ask another criti uh, critics question which is a question that i think that i don't believe but i think we keep hearing about the in in modern political dialogue especially in this country about how people calling them handouts creating a culture of dependency. I dislike the question a lot, so I, it makes me uncomfortable asking it, but I think it's important to ask it to, to respond to it. So what would you say to somebody who said that? Have you ever been hungry? Right, okay. That's to me pretty simple. And if you haven't been hungry, then maybe you've never felt it. But if you are hungry and you're willing to drive through a line and we say hello and we do a variety of other things, I mean, to me, that's pretty much says it. Right. It's pretty simple. Right. It's the living it and the yeah, feeling and experiencing it. Well, you don't have to, but we do. That's that's our rule. I, I, and you know, coming back to the um, when you mentioned about the the percentage of people who are seniors, there's something really again maddening, disturbing about. But this is the reality of American society. Of course. You know, the, the haves and have-nots and the left. It's every society. I mean, it's not right. just ours. I mean, no. it's every society. But I think what's, for me, coming as an outsider, a British outsider, the, the idea of the American dream, whoever you are, you can pull yourself up by the bootstraps and then you'll suddenly be rich and own yachts. You know, I think more and more people are realizing that's not true at all. Um, and, and I think, what you're doing is addressing the reality on the ground, which is there are a lot of people here who are hungry. Sure. I mean, to suggest that everybody's going to be successful in life is kind of silly. I mean, if you have three children, which I do, each one is so different, and one you would have thought would go one direction, and all of a sudden they went to another direction. Why? You know, you, you, you can't make them. All you can do is show them, and hopefully they will follow some of those footsteps. But you, you just can't assume that for everybody. 
sometimes people have just really bad hard knocks right. that we will never know right. what that does to them. And it's easy enough to judge them, but uh, that doesn't work very well. I mean, well, you can, but it, it doesn't solve the need. Right. It doesn't address anything. No, but I think, I think there's something extraordinary about what you're doing, which just makes, us, makes me think, how do we address the larger issue of uh, food insecurity, of poverty, of haves and have-nots? Um, and, and I know that's not the role of feeding Santa Fe. No. No, because yours is, is what's, what's real right now. This person it's, is hungry yeah, and this person is hungry. hungry. Feed them. Yeah. But I, I do wonder personally, like, what can we do on a larger level? I'm not, I'm not sure if we have the answer for that. I, I don't think we have the answer for that because you're going to have people that are going to judge. And um, as I say, I live in a glass house, so I try not to judge a whole <laughs> lot because I don't want to rock through in my way. Right, fair <laughs> enough. So, look, I mean, you work at St. Bede's as part of the social justice team. We call it justice and peace. We, justice did this, and we, peace. we distinguished it. Justice and peace, not peace and justice, but justice and peace. Tell, tell me why. Tell me. What, I don't, what to that? be quite honest, that's after I got there. But I mean, <laughs> okay. they, they really worked on trying to make sure that you know, we, we have justice first and then we have peace. Do you have peace and then you have justice? I think that's why they, they, they came up with that. Right. So in order, to, in order for there to be any kind of peace, there has to be justice first. Exactly. Which means necessarily serving others and helping. No question about it. That's very interesting. So why don't we take a break and then when we come back, we'll talk about justice and peace and the church itself. Okay. So you're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. And my guest this evening, Michael Robison, president of Feeding Santa Fe and also part of the Justice and Peace team at St. Bede's Episcopal Church in Santa Fe. And we'll be back after this break. Welcome back. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil from Temple Beth Shalom. Uh, my guest this evening, Michael Robertson, president of Feeding Santa Fe, also part of the Justice and Peace team at St. Bede's Episcopal Church in Santa Fe. Um, let, let's get biblical since we okay. share the Bible. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 11 says, There will always be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites, meaning obviously people, um, who are poor and needy in your land. And so let me ask, as an Episcopalian, as, as a member of an Episcopalian community, as the president of Feeding Santa Fe, what does that verse say to you? Serve. Pretty simple. I mean, one of the things that we found here, particularly in Santa Fe, was the, the immigrant issue. And... A couple of years ago, we got very involved with the DACA program. And in a three-year period of time, almost 800 people either renewed or became DACA members. So we had volunteers registering, and then we had attorneys getting them. And it was so much fun to watch the kids. In fact, one of the cute ones was a mom came in, and she was happy that her one son had just received his DACA papers. And so the, the, the attorney looked on the computer, and she said, oh, your other son got. And so the mom came around and hugged all of us. She was just so happy to think now he has a social security card right. and he can work. That, that. Oh, oops. There you go. <laughs> Sorry about that. Don't worry. You were saying about the son getting his social security card. Yeah, and so it was just, it was just fun to see the hope out right. of that. I think that really was the important thing. It's not that they don't want to have social security or not want to work. It's just that we did not allow them. And now all of a sudden DACA allowed that. So that pretty much is on boiler, boiler because that um, – Yes. 
has changed politically. Yeah, changed politically, yeah. and the, the the current administration doesn't like it. But I think it 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 made a lot of sense. In fact, there are now colleges. It's interesting to to get a college education and to receive financial aid. There's something called the FAFSA, which is a financial aid form. Yeah. If you don't have a parent that has a Social Security card, um, you can't file for financial aid. Right. However, there's about 50 colleges. Um, St. Edwards in, in Texas is an example where you send the FAFSA to them and the school will come up with the money. Huh. So there are some schools that are even working with, with DACA kids, right. which is kind of cool. That is. That's, so those things are beginning to ripple. And, so coming back to this verse and getting a bit theological, what does it mean for you that God creates a society in which there will always be poor people? Because shouldn't God be creating a society in which everyone has basic needs? Not everything. I mean, again, we don't need yachts, but but the idea of food insecurity, the idea of the Bible itself saying, you're always going to have to do this. Um, Maybe there are certain rules in the Bible we should have followed that we have not. That could be one thing. Right. Uh, the other thing is, is maybe having someone that is less than you, whatever you, that means, uh, that it reminds you. In other words, you're, you're not just sitting on a plane thinking everything is right. You, you have to be aware of those things around you to actually go and do something about it. Because it'd be really easy not to worry about the hungry. Well, right. it's there. Right. And I, that, that's something that I need to do. That does something. For, when I do it, the volunteer usually receives more than the person that's receiving. That's, that's always the case as far as I'm concerned. And so that teaches me about myself and how I react to people and deal with people outside. And I probably wouldn't do it if I had not. I would not, I would not be aware of that. And I think that's really important because we won't go into a community of low income just to, to make friends with them we, right. you know, or, or people of color. We, we tend to stay away from that depending upon where we are in that. And I think you know, we should go into every community because that's how we learn about one another. So that's interesting. So it almost, it sounds like to me, your reading of that is almost, it helps us check our privilege, but exactly. it helps us remind us of our blessings. It's a, well, I have, I'm married to a Native American Mexican. Interesting story, particularly when you live here or you live right. in California and right. all that. And so you, you learn from that experience. I would have never learned some of the things that I've learned from my wife and her family. It's very easy to say, oh, it doesn't exist. Well, Yes, it does. Right. Go into a store and try to get waited on, and it happened, and she didn't get waited on. Well, really? that taught me something. Wow. <laughs> you know, you, you don't think that it's going to happen, but it happened. In Santa Fe? Uh, no, this is, oh, actually, okay. this, this is somewhere else. But the point but of it still, is, it's yeah, but well, here the issue is, are you Mexican or Spanish? Real tough issue. Right. If you're Mexican, it's not totally pleasant. It's better to be Spanish. I understand some of that, but... That's you know we need to walk in other people's footsteps right. to to really begin to get that feel. And there's something to be said for the the moment of encounter when you're helping oh. other people that that is essential for the human. Well, you find soul. out that you're very similar. You just you may have taken a different course, but you still have the same wants and needs. You care. I mean, we're not that removed from one another. Right. It reminds me there was a story years ago when Prince Charles went to visit a homeless shelter in England. Um, and one of these homeless people looked up at him and said, you don't remember me, do you? And Prince Charles said, no. And he said, we were in the same class together at Eton. 
<laughs> and it was it was exactly that, you know. And and the, obviously the newspapers had a field day because it was course. the prince and the pauper. Um, but but the idea that even somebody born in extraordinary privilege going to Eton could end up in a homeless shelter, being visited by a prince who doesn't even remember him from the same class, right. because because we. We're so divided in our humanity, but just by economics, even just by the communities in which we we well, interact. Well, some of them are faceless. I mean, you could right. walk right by them, and you, you don't right. you don't see them. Right. Yes, we had. I remember when we were helping the uh, young adult homeless uh, through Youth Works, um, oh. and the Interfaith Leadership Alliance was um, interacting and helping house these kids over the winter. Um, and on the first evening, one of them burst into tears. I must have been 18, 19, 20 years old, something like that, burst into tears. And I said, why are you crying? He said, because nobody's spoken to me for a year. And I thought that that facelessness, yeah. that stepping over, that ignoring, um, I mean, that deeply affects people for their lives. Unbelievable. Um, but what you're doing with Feeding Santa Fe is the opposite, which is, which is showing that humanity and, and showing out. the similarity exactly. between us all. So let, let me ask, since you're a member of St. Bede's, it's always interesting to explore different theological communities. I know we've only got a few minutes left, but I, I saw the, the rather interesting phrase on the community's website said that St. Bede's is committed to creating a deeper sense of belonging with God and embracing others in community. And I was wondering, what does that mean to you? And maybe even what does God mean to you? I think for me anyway. The reality is, is going out into the community and sharing your life. And that to me is, is how you bring God to your presence and as well as to yourself, is that you, you, you give something back to another person and what you receive from them is truly remarkable, more than you would ever see in just a general, you know, give somebody a buck or whatever the case may be. But right. going out into the community, like the, the DACA example, the mom came up and hugged us for, and thanked us for that. I mean... Where are you going to have that kind of experience just in a normal, everyday work world? You don't have those kinds of experiences. That kind of experience leads us. We're doing something called Too Many Deaths, dealing with the gun issue. And you know, so we now have a web page, and we're working on, on that issue because it's, it's a horrendous problem that's mm. facing our community. And so reaching out and getting other people to talk about it, that's really important. And that's one of the things that we try to do very much is step out and, and – Lead is the wrong word, but just step out in faith and just do what, what seems to be right, the right way, what, how God is directing us to do it. One of the things you're saying really um, challenges me from a Jewish perspective. Maimonides from the Middle Ages, very early Middle Ages, um, came up with the idea of the ladder of charity. Um, and there were eight steps on the ladder of charity, and each one is better the higher up you go. So the first is giving money to someone, and the second is um, you know, the idea of, of, of removal, basically, so that you're not getting, you know who you're giving to, but um, but they don't know who they're receiving from. And then the next la level on the ladder is you don't know who you're giving to, but they know who they're receiving from. And the next one is you don't know who you're giving to and they don't know who they're receiving from and so on. And I'm hearing what you're saying. And now I'm totally questioning Maimonides' ladder of charity because it's not about I mean, the, the highest one, the highest rung, I should say, is helping somebody become dependent so that they don't need to rely on any more sure. support from others, which is fine. But it's interesting because hearing what you're saying, in my tradition, there's almost it's elevated not to have that relationship because then it's not about 
um, it's not about us. It's purely about them. And it's not about us getting a reward. But what you're saying is, to me, it sounds like this isn't about reward. This is about human connection. This is about just two human beings meeting and sharing and helping. Very much so. It's very interesting for me as a, as a challenge to, to, to the traditional Jewish perspective. Right. But, of course, that's why I'm Jewish and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why, that's why we have this show. To, no, it's important to, really to have come, those conversations. Right, to come together to, to ask, is it better? I, I wonder because the, the act of giving isn't just about money. It's, no. the, it's the act of seeing the humanity in the other person and, and, and acknowledging them fully, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah. So, look, I also saw on the, on the St. Bede's website this rather lovely phrase that the community puts the work of love before uniformity of opinion. So I thought I'd ask how, how diverse is in religious thought is the community? What, what does that mean to you, that phrase? And particularly, I guess, how does that relate to justice and peace? Well, it, I think that, you know, as, as you try to figure out where you fit in this path, your path, I should say, uh, I think going out and doing things and working, just doing them without questioning, I think that's part of what you're saying too is that Maybe. Do, do you question it or do you just go out and do it because it's the right thing to do? Um, the, the, the example would be the DACA. Uh, right. the, too many deaths is another issue that, that is facing this community, all, all of our communities. That those things you do and then you begin to see what happens after you start working with them. You know, you don't strategize necessarily and kind of, well, let's see, is this the right turn or the wrong turn? No, you just get in there and you work on it. And as, as you work on it, you make adjustments and changes. And, you know, St. Bede's is a very diverse church. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that that's what I enjoy most about it is that we, we really do reach out. And we give 10% of plate to the community and our outreach community. That's, you know, everybody knows that. I mean, right. not the percentage, but everybody knows it. And, and that to me says something about our commitment to the community in which we live. That's our faithfulness. It's, it's very interesting for me to, to, be, to be running a radio show for over a year where we sit and talk about deep questions of meaning. To have someone here who says, just, just go out and do. Just, you know, let, let's not I – mean, it's not – that you're saying we shouldn't have larger discussions. No. But it's that extra reminder of let's not live in that place of theological contemplation all our lives. Because or safety. Sometimes you can be so safe about something that you, you won't do it. And we need to step out, like faith. Isn't that stepping out? Right. So um, maybe that comes back to an earlier question then about why aren't we talking about this? Is it because it's unsafe? Is it because we, you know, why aren't we talking about hunger of one in four kids and one in five adults? Is it because it makes us feel unsafe? What if it's me? Um, would we rather just stock our pantries with food, food and say, it's not me. I don't need to talk about this. So it's not just that we don't see it, but that it makes us feel nervous and unsafe. I think it's a variety of things. I think some people feel that they've worked hard for theirs and they're not going to share. And that's fine. Um, and that makes some, to some degree that there is some sense to that. You can right. do something about it. Uh, and some people are make bad judgments in their life. We, we all know that. I mean, we've run across all kinds of people that. So I think that it's, 
you know, probably a combination of all of those things that we're trying to deal with. But, but I think the reality is, is you just have to get out there and do something. And, and so many people just don't. So in the last 30 seconds, what can people who are listening do to help Feeding Santa Fe? Feeding Santa Fe is always looking for contributions. Uh, we, we raise about 300000 a year. And the intent is to be able to buy food. As I say, all volunteer. So if they want to, they can look on our website, feedingsantafe.org. Uh, we also have um, a Facebook page. And you can kind of see what's happening with us and the kinds of things we're doing. Uh, if you want to volunteer, we certainly have sometimes, but we're pretty full in terms of volunteers. But it's it's a nice problem, uh, right? But, definitely, because we get up at four. I get up at four on Wednesdays and Thursdays, so we're we're an early morning group. Well, I think you're doing remarkable work. I really, genuinely do, and I hope that um, you being here has helped raise uh, awareness and hopefully help bring in more. Uh, support for what you're doing. Thank you, Rabbi Neil. Michael Robinson, uh, President of Feeding Santa Fe, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You've been listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. Until we return again in two weeks' time, keep searching.